This is Conversations Worth Having, a weekly podcast exploring transformative ideas about how we live, work, and play. Hosted by entrepreneur and designer, Jadon Johnson. Yes, yes, yes. This is Conversation Worth Having, and I'm your host, Jadon Johnson. I'm really excited to announce my special guest joining me on the show today, none other than entrepreneur, investor, and TV personality, John Henry. Hey, John. How's it going? Hey, man. Well, it's great to be back with you. Um, I went to Jamaica for the first time through you and second time through you. Um, so have a real, can say at this point, connection with you and, and the community back home there. Um, and have made some long, long-standing friends, by the way, from, from our trip together. So I, I was always inspired by um, your ability to foster community. Um, so yeah, so it's good, good to be catching up. And yeah, man, I mean, oh my gosh, so much has happened, but in reality, none of those like business accomplishments feel super important in the wake of like all the stuff that's going on. Um, I think the most important thing for me is, okay, you know, I'm 27 now. I started being an entrepreneur when I was 18. So over the past damn near decade now, wow, it's crazy to even reflect on. During that time, I've realized that your first decade in any endeavor is really spent getting to know yourself, getting to know, um, you know, what your real appetite for risk is, what, what are some of the projects that you like taking on, what are some things that you thought you liked doing until you started doing it and then realized you didn't like doing it, what are, you know, and it really, it runs the gamut. This game is all about building those initial skills um getting to know some friends that you'll be doing this with for a while and getting to know how it is that you want to express yourself and tackle some of um you know some of the bigger problems work tackling um and yeah so that's how i feel at the top of this decade i am now finally just starting to feel like wow okay cool i feel like i know myself i feel like i'm more capable than ever i have more resources than ever more network more know-how i'm more perceptive the world is at a time where it needs people like us thinking boldly and daring greatly also more than ever well john i really love how you've brought that into perspective and i feel like a challenging part about you know getting to know ourselves is dealing with uncertainty and covid has really risen up for so many different people so i'm curious how you have personally been dealing with some of the uncertainties uh today um well i've been actually in a strong position um during this pandemic and it's one of those things where i'm reflecting on that um as well because you know in times of great misfortune for the world to to be fortunate to find yourself in a good position I think like that that comes with a certain responsibility that you, you know, that I've tasked myself with where it's like, okay, you know, the economy has been so vastly different for different people, you know, and there are people, including in my immediate family that are going through a much, much harder time. And um, the reality that there are two economies is more apparent Mm -hmm. than ever. You know, there's the creative class where we can get paid, you know, younger folks like you and I um, can get paid to create things online that are valuable to folks. And, you know, that's a blessing that we have from being digitally native. And then, you know, there's a whole other generation. um, And it's not even just an age thing. It's also a geography thing. You know, there are economies that are more blue collar um, and, you know, Mm -hmm. just observing 
the differences between the two has made me feel like, okay, we got to step up and, um, and see if we can try our hand at improving the situation for others. Yeah. And I mean, before we even get to the, the weeds of just like talking business and just your experience as an entrepreneur, uh, there's this mindset, you know, you, you said a word noticing and, and noticing is just such a critical skill for entrepreneurs. Um, and it brings us to this concept of just mindfulness and, and how are we managing to be mindful or, or at peace mentally uh, while juggling the uncertainties in the world, managing our businesses, managing relationships. Uh, as an entrepreneur, how do you create how do you create that space for mental tranquility? Um, well, I think, you know, if, if there's anything that this pandemic has created space for is, is a little bit more tranquility, also more chaos. So it's funny because the extremes, the pendulum has moved to both extremes almost at once, seemingly, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, there's certainly more chaos. You know, businesses are forced to be closed. People are forced to be at home. Um, you know, people are sick and, you know, uh, dying. Um, but then also uh, on the opposite end extreme, you have a bunch of people that are home at more often, able to spend time with their family more often, able to spend more time reflecting. There's less mindless going out, right? So like, so FOMO is gone because where the hell you, you, there ain't no place to be anyway. And, and I've felt the collective, uh, you can almost feel the collective energy of what happens to a society that is so consumer driven and so, you know, driven on, I got to be here, I got to be there. Well, all of that has been silenced at once for everyone. And it, it has created a fascinating period of collective um, reflection. And I am a firm believer that there are a lot of great things being brewed up right this moment from newcomers, from more experienced um, you know, entrepreneurs, from creators, you know, in the media, in, in politics, in uh, on both sides of the spectrum, mind you, you know, it just it feels like it feels like we will remember this year and the things that will come from what this year. Um, yeah, no, that, that's such a, I mean, it's such a critical way to, to look at it. And yeah, as we, I feel like as everybody's flowing be- between those two pendulums, it's almost like living, you go to the chaos and then you have to create that space for finding peace. And there's like so many people are confused um, because never before have we been like forced to just stay inside our homes. Uh, we have to deal with the realities of our problems of way more than we're used to. Um, plus, also, it, it creates this this beautiful thing that you've you've talked about, which is this opportunity for people to step up and turn their skills into things um, that are useful. Right. Yeah. Start businesses, and and I, I've I've realized a lot more a lot more people have realized that, you know, they can be entrepreneurial or have found some balance where they can have a job, but also pursue their, their own entrepreneurial pursuits. Uh, so tell me what, what have you been like seeing, you know, from your crowd at this time? And, and you have personally used, used some of this opportunity to create oppor- uh, space to connect with different entrepreneurs one-on-one and offer feedback and insights. So as you're going through this process, what are some of the things that you've been learning? 
So yes, hundred yeah. percent. I've been, I've been, uh, I created an offering to connect with people 30 minutes at a time that is now largely done, but, uh, it served me well during the pandemic time while we were just at home anyway. And I figured, man, why don't I just create something where I can speak to people directly? And it's something that, you know, doesn't make sense because you, you can't scale it. And, you know, my, some of my immediate peers argued that, Hey, there's way better, you know, uh, more scalable applications of your time, given the skill sets that I've developed over the years, i.e. raising a fund and, you know, all that is stuff that you can scale. But sometimes the magic comes from things that you can't scale, like having a a really focused conversation one-on-one with 200 plus people back to back to back to back to back, you know, uh, man, you really, especially at a time like this, you really tap into and start getting a feel for where people are at and consistently across the board, you know, out even outside of business, you know, business is, is kind of where my outlet is and a lot of my audience, but it's also a great time for art. It's also a great time for music. It's also a great time for organizing socially and politically. It's a great time for any respective outlet that you feel your heart calls you to, um, man, it's a great time to just start unearthing that a little bit. Um, and look, the th- one thing to note is like the people that are experiencing the biggest lift in this pandemic are the people that, you know, put in the groundwork over the last two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, because that's how long it takes, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so anyway, I don't know. My perspective now is I'm speaking to so many people that, you know, really want to get started on their journey. And um, um, for me, there is no better time to uh, to kind of jump in because people are being laid off. You know, you can now do it from home. So all all these reasons to say, hey, you know what? Let me let me pick up the guitar again. You know what? Um, Let me. pick up my passion again for crocheting you know let me start gardening again um let me you know do my paint and sips <laughs> you know uh let, let me <laughs> offer bookkeeping services for small businesses i've always wanted to do that um you know what maybe i should start a little linkedin show um you know all those kinds of musings like that that you know when society is turned on you know, those things can feel like trivial, but when society, when we've pressed the off button, like we have for better, for worse, it creates space for you to say, you know what, maybe these little curiosities that I have planted in me is actually the way that will yield, um, you know, a a career for myself that I feel really fulfilled doing. So anyway, that's the sense that I get. Um, That's definitely the sense that I get. Yeah. And I mean, you know, huge, huge props to you because as a person I've known, uh, you've always given these opportunities for people, like just regardless at what level they are, you've always opened these spaces for them. I, I think that's even the foundation of the work you, you started mm. beyond your first venture, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the things you're doing with Harlem Capital, like you, you've just consistently been delivering value. And oftentimes you're, you're probably not asking for for much or even for what it's worth in exchange. Uh, but you just like consistently are just like providing, providing, providing value. Oh, uh, and if we take it back, yeah, if we, if we take it back to like 
you know, those initial days uh, with the work you were doing with co-founder Harlem um, and Harlem Capital and just kind of looking at the current landscape now and a lot of the conversation on, you know, we need a lot more people of color in, in different places and in, in different spaces on uh, the lack of certain diversity and representation of, of certain communities uh, in like our, our tech ecosystem in, in, in our venture capital space. Um, you know, how are you personally feeling about the, cause I want to acknowledge that there has been progress mm-hmm. and progress has been made through people like you who have been committed to supporting entrepreneurs of color, to supporting women of color and, and amplifying those voices within the communities. So I won't, I, I don't necessarily, I'm not interested in going down that, that road of only seeing the problems um, because people like you are problem solvers and you guys have done the work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I, I accept those words humbly, man. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, look, um, absolute. The, the interesting thing is it's been hard work over the last decade to roll our sleeves up and, and work on, you know, companies first, you know, first, first step was just working on something that got me out of kind of working a job and, and also, help, you know, unearth some of my initial skills and learn how to sound, you know, so it's, it's been a process, but, and that's really what I admire about this whole thing. It's like, okay, it was a gradual process where, whereby first you, you develop your own bravery to go for something, you know, you go through some of the ups and downs that comes with that. Then you start kind of meeting some interesting people that become friends and become peers then the word spreads a little bit about what you've been doing. Um, then you get braver and take on things that are a little bit less certain. And, and then you'll, you start finding, wow, this energizes more people. There's something um, under, there's an underlying spirit to uh, that, that lies with projects that are meaningful to people. It unlocks more people's hearts. It gets more people mm-hmm. involved you know, um, similar to like you, you definitely experienced that, um, building community in Jamaica, you know, when you do something that's close to people's heart, you know, people take you in, in a, in a bit of a different way. So that has just gradually grown. And then you find friends that, you know, it's not just enough to kind of have friends that, you know, you love and respect and cherish, but then you start realizing like, okay, you need a certain type of friend. Like you need a friend that you're also close to. And then also is just as committed and, and then on top of that, then the timing has to align between all your individual lives and, you know, for you to create space and say, okay, let's try this thing. And that's what Harlem Capital was. And then, you know, taking that from maybe we could do this, you know, to start by investing our own cash and then eventually saying, you know what, let's go out there and raise a fund and, you know, dream big and, you know, kind of have a super successful outcome for us with our fund one hitting $40 million dollars and managing all that capital and really making meaningful investments, you know, up to upwards of a million bucks in each company at a time. So, so it's, it's really trippy for me to even sit here and say that I've raised the $40 million fund because when I start, like (laughs) when I started, I was, it was a $17 transaction at a dry cleaner, you know, that, and by the way, I didn't even own the dry cleaner. I was picking up your clothes on the subway and taking it to a dry cleaner and having them charge me the cheap rate and I would go and charge you the market rate. Like that's where that's that's where all this shit has started for me and it wasn't mapped out and it wasn't intentional and it wasn't strategic 
And it wasn't because I, you know, uh, went to networking events and or got a degree or anything, bro. It, <laughs> it, it was really at the root of it all was, man, um, let me continue following that, you know, the things that naturally excite me and light me up, even though it may feel counterintuitive to do, even though, you know, there's not an immediate path to financial viability and, and things would certainly be less stressful if I just had a regular, you know, job or occupation, even though all those regular life things, you know, are adverse to following that little thrill inside you. I've found that the more you lean into that, it actually, they're vessels for your curiosity and you start to unearth bigger and bigger problems. And, um, you know, it takes you down some interesting roads, man. And you end up being in rooms that you never thought you'd be in. And then it starts coming together for you, you know, after the initial shock of like, oh shit, I'm actually in these positions wears off. Then you kind of grow yeah. into it. And that's where I am now in my career, in my now first year of my late 20s, I would say. I'm 27. Now stepping in this seat, I'm really starting to claim that power and say, okay, you know, I know now I'm capable of big things. I know now it can't be done alone. I also know now um, uh, that, you know, I can play a big brother role to, you know, to some of the cats just starting out. And I also know that... um you know, I'm just brave enough to think about doing things that are scary as hell. And like, I feel daunted all over again and like a beginner all over again. So it's kind of funny how it's a full circle moment in, in a weird way like that too. If that makes sense. Yeah. And you, you know, t taking, taking that step back from where you are now and just like thinking back then, then like, what are some of the skills that you would, definitely invest a lot more or, or that you just recommend people invest energy and time into to help you know eventually get them to a place of where, where they can feel successful yeah i think the most important skill is um is learning how to tune out other people and other voices i know that sounds weird i know people will probably say hey learn how to sell learn how to code i think if you're going to go in this down, down this entrepreneurship path, it is uh, about being able to radically listen to yourself and, um, and hone your judgment. That's not to say, that's not to say be deaf to the world around you and the input of others. Um, th that's more to say, uh, see, <laughs> it's almost like you, the the musings that you have and the things that capture your imagination are there now but lay quietly suppressed mm -hmm. but the, every yeah. once in a while you have an inkling around like and that really lights you up and this game is really yeah. about nurturing the bravery to follow that inkling that lights you up it is far yeah. less about hard skills it is you know because at the end of in any industry at the other, you know, at the other end of art is someone who consumes the art and interprets the art at the end of the other opposite end of music is someone who listens at the opposite end of a, mm -hmm. of a service is someone that experiences it, a customer at the, you know, it's, it's really just a human 
game. And I think so many people disproportionately spend time on the science, but they don't realize it's an art. It's, you know, it's the art of laying yourself bare and expressing yourself more and more fully and unlocking people's hearts in whatever direction you feel is, is, um, you know, it would make the world a better place. So anyway, you know, I know that these are not super concrete. Um, I'm aware, but I just, I feel like people on, you know, I haven't done one of these in a while and it, you know, it just feels like people will naturally crave and want to hear, Hey, you know, get good at LinkedIn growth hacking because, you know, learning how to, (laughs) you know, get your reach up 5% each day is going to yield a hundred percent increase in 20 days. And yes, that stuff is there. It's true, I guess. But for me, I resisted the temptation to worry about any of that stuff for, for years and focused instead on nurturing my journey and my authenticity and journey and, you know, like all that stuff that I mentioned. And then the interesting byproduct is then you resonate, then you grow, then you unlock partnerships, then people approach you about new things to, to uncover. Then, you know, Alicia Keys reached out to me and said, wow, you know, we love all the stuff that you're doing. Let's, you know, let's p- explore a show on Vice. Then you get all the stuff that people uh, mistakenly, you know, try to reverse engineer like it's a math problem, but it's more a matter of you know, nurturing uh, a big heart and nurturing uh, big bravery and people fall in love with those things. And and you start going for things that other people aren't going for. And then people fall in love with that, dude. And, and you know what I mean? So if there's anything I can impart into anyone listening, it is that this game is far less about science and tactics and math, like, like blogs would have you believe. And it's a way more about you know, intention and nurturing your curiosity and going big and, and having crazy imagination and also being self-aware <laughs> enough to know that you have to find a vessel to express the the culmination of all those curiosities that you have. So all those curiosities, all those musings, all the you know excitement, you find a vessel and then through that vessel, you express that. And um, focusing on the purity of that unlocks so much opportunity um, down the road. It's it's easy for us to, to to jump into this world of of well, here are ten things you need to work on, and I like completely agree with you that an essential skill to right. to develop is listening to your voice. It sounds fluffy, but it's not. There has not been a single time through my own journey as an entrepreneur where trusting my gut or trusting my instinct um, has not given me the courage to deal with the result that that trust created. And like a mentor once shared with me, you know, he, his saying was that your, your gut is basically the sum total of your lived experiences. And people would always like, like it's, it's crazy how many times I've reached out for advice and then checking those advice with my gut and they're saying two different things. Yep. And it's a hard thing to decide which which direction to follow. So, you know, if, if maybe we're going to talk tips and trick, then maybe I'd love to hear how is it that you decide when something, you know, when is it a gut decision versus this is a time for me to 
reach out to somebody who's just a little bit more experienced and that, that might bring a valuable perspective through which I can then use to make a decision. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I get that one a lot. And I, I, my take on that is having a mentor is important. And it alludes to what I was saying earlier. What I think the most important skill is learning to make your own decisions, right? Because it is helpful to have mentor and to have outside counsel, especially if something is really super high stakes. But what I found myself doing was I realized every time I had a hard decision, I was calling a mentor. And then I realized, oh, I'm outsourcing my ability to make a hard decision. Because every time I had one, I was calling a mentor because I was I knew I was more likely to be correct if I had someone more experienced guiding me, right? So so that but then what happens, you know, you don't realize it, but what happens eventually is you are not nurturing your ability to make decisions because you're scared of being incorrect. And that was what I told myself. I was like, oh shit, I'm scared to be wrong. And then I realized, man. It's not about being right or wrong. It's about the person you become when you dig deep and make the decision. You know, at first you're going to be wrong more often than you're right. But to nurture is the bravery of making a decision in a high stakes moment on your own. It is scary. You will be correct more often if you had better counsel. But what will happen is eventually over time, you, you know, it's just like any algorithm. The algorithm gets smarter with more volume, right? Facebook learned what you like when it saw you interact with more photos and more people and more things and more industries and more content in general. So we work the same way. The more decisions we make, we're wrong, we're wrong, we're wrong, we're right. Oh, okay. And and then, you know, it's just, it's more input into your model, your, you know, if you will. And I hate to look at it in those terms, but sometimes Sometimes analogies like that will help some help a nugget sink in. We need more volume and repetition and, and repetition and input and more frequency. And then you start nurturing your gut, right? So, so, you know, to your question, hey, when do we know to go for the gut or to go with the mentor? For me personally, you're going to be correct more often if you use a mentor every time, but you will then never outgrow that mentor. <laughs> you have the same mentor forever. You'll, you'll stay at the same stage forever. The more willing you are to be wrong, the more willing you are to grow. That's a deep insight. I've, ne I've never had that exact series of thought. The more willing you are to be wrong, the more opportunity you are making for yourself to grow. Um, and so anyway, that, that's kind of how I view, that's how I view it. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm with you 10,000%. 10, so just to, to tie that all up, if you are looking for what skill is the perfect skill to work on, you know, you're in college, it's your first time starting a business venture. It's, it's not, yeah. this is your yeah. playground to hone your voice and to hone your gut and trusting your own instincts. Um, yeah. And then you can outsource that eventually. Uh, and and, <laughs> um, and and then just to kind of tie up this conversation, you know, I couldn't pull you on this line and not talk about building wealth. Um, yeah, like it's 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 the it's mm -hmm. 
you look at our conversation mm-hmm. here, going mm-hmm. from, hey, this is the perfect time to start mm-hmm. a business. Mm-hmm. This is the first time to turn the thing you're passionate about into, into a viable trade. Um, to, you know, this is a time to listen to your gut and to make some decisions. But one thing is hard. Yeah. Is that no, that's once true. We, once um, we get into the game uh, the, the and the money feels nice, a lot of us don't know how to truly t- make our money work for us. The ins the, the yeah the, no I, the I resonate with that just like, and it, it's, you know the truth so of the matter is too it takes it takes enough put our money to work for us and then we it takes enough a, um a slave to our own craft. you know you, you're right you, you are locked in time. this you know kind of a grind for a long time and hopefully though hopefully at the very least for me the greatest wish I have for others is if you have to spend your time and energy making a living then at the very least let's make it something we love to do. Because I, I really honestly believe anytime I come across a lot of people that are unhappy, you know, uh, for a big chunk of those people, it's because like they they kind of they hate doing what they do for a living. I couldn't be happy if I spent most of my life doing some something I didn't like yeah. doing. That would suck, you know, but then then you. D- so let's just say for a moment, people listening. OK, you know what? I'm going to go after my passion. And then you make the the uh, unquantifiable leap honestly, in terms of quality of life, um, you might be like, you might be making less, but you'll be more fulfilled. Now you're doing something you love. Then it'll probably take five, six, seven years building your skills here and earning your earning power. And before you start to realize, you know, oh, wow. Okay. Let me see. You know, like I I love this grind and this, you know, this, um, journey, um, but after you do it long enough, you start to see like, wow, if I don't mix it up, I'm going to have to kind of do this forever because the the initial like sh- shock factor of like, oh, wow, I'm doing, you know, I'm designing graphic designing, is, for example, for a living wears off pretty quick once you have a number of clients and it becomes, you know, more like a job and it's demanding and it can be stressful. And then you start thinking like, OK, I, you know, let me see what I can grow into. Right. And and then you you think, all right, let me start a little agency type of thing and bring more people under me. And that provides a little bit more scalability. But then you have staff and you you know, for me, I kind of continued going down that road and, until I discovered something that, you know, uh, is a little bit more practical, but not as discussed in the startup world. And that is, you know, accumulating assets. Um when you can accumulate assets, which wealthy families have done for a long time, it creates a bedrock against which it kind of covers your, you know, living expenses on a recurring basis. And that to me is super important because it starts unleashing your human potential. You know, you, you don't have as much, you don't have to trade as much of your time to make a living. So then let me ask you this, what would you do with your time if there was really nothing that you had to do? <laughs> You know, like a lot of, and then when you ask yourself that way, like you start to realize that a lot of the things that we do is because we kind of got to do it, you know, but what, what would you do if you put yourself in a situation where you didn't have to do much? Well, even if you were a lazy fuck about it and like took two years to just say, I'm just going to relax every day. Eventually that wears off too. And then, you know, you create a space for yourself where you say, well, you know, what can I, what, you know, what energizes me at this stage in my life and how can I tackle it and whatever else? So anyway, all that to say, 
that um, I'm certainly not there, even close to being there. It takes a lifetime to get there, to be honest. But but I've become really energized about pursuing that and and you know generating content around it, sharing it, doing it myself, talking to other people about it, and just collectively raising this conscious for our generation where we're more excited to to own land than to own a gold chain you know um and and it's really cool to see and it's 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 a great thing to be a part of you know it's it feels humbling that when people think of this they think of me among others but um you know i'm just i'm pumped um i'm pumped as for what's in store for us Find our weekly episodes by visiting jadonjohnson.com forward slash podcast.